Thank you. Yeah, do be praying for Mahmood, um, especially over these next few weeks. Well, if you could turn to your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 2, um, verses 8 to 20. Today. I think that is on page 1,000. And 27, 1,027, we'll read that in a moment. For over the last few weeks, um, we've been taking a, a journey to Bethlehem to meet with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, and we look forward to Christmas Day, don't we? And we've seen a few different characters um, take their own journey to Bethlehem. We started with Mary and Joseph a couple of weeks ago. We saw that their journey was one of potentially of doubt and fear. There, God says, you're going to have a baby. Um, and basically the Holy Spirit's going to give you the baby. And then you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. I mean, doubt and fear would have been expected, wouldn't it? You can imagine their doubt and fear, can't you? And we saw how that God is actually using doubt and fear and redeeming it. And saying, hey, in your doubt and fear, that doesn't mean that you don't love me. It doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't trust in my promises. It just means I'm going to work in that. In your doubt and in your fear, I'm going to want you to come to me and cling to me, and I will help you in your doubt and fear. Doubt your doubts. So, okay, like we doubt sometimes, don't we? but doubt your doubts and cling to me, and I will lead you. That's what we saw a couple of weeks ago. And maybe that's the journey you're on this Christmas. Maybe you're in a stage of life where doubt and fear has set in. But you don't want to stay there, do you? God wants to redeem that for you this Christmas. I really believe that. So if that's you, that is a good thing that you're in a place of doubt and fear. It's not, a, it's not always a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing because God can use it for your good. And I really believe that. And if you're in that place, please speak to somebody about it. Don't be ashamed. We want to be a community that gets that out and we share that with one another. And we walk through that together. And then we saw... Um, two weeks uh, last week, uh, Kenny took us on a journey with the Magi, with the wise men, men from the east. Their journey was one of being passionate about studying the stars, and it led them to Jesus Christ. Maybe this Christmas, your journey is one of wanting to rediscover the beauty of God's word. Maybe that's for you this Christmas. God wants you just to really savour and be deep in his word, and he'll speak to you through it. And today, as we'll look at in a minute, we see the shepherds, and maybe that's a journey you're on today, one like the shepherds, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. But maybe you're sitting here, and you've never met with Jesus Christ. You've never seen him as your Lord and Saviour. And maybe that's the journey you're on for the first time. Or maybe you've been on that journey for the last 20 years of your life. You've not even realized it. But can I say that the journey ends at a manger and the birth of Jesus Christ? And can I encourage you, if that's you, please do not go away today without speaking to someone about it. Because Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. And so we're going to turn now to um, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Um, so please... Follow along with me as I read this. And there were shepherds living out the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father God, I pray that as we come to your word now, Lord, that, that we would see the beauty of it. We would see how every piece of scripture is there for us to know something more about your wonderfulness, your goodness to us. And I pray that we would be challenged in a helpful way today, that we'd be moved to change, that we'd be excited about hearing what you have to say to us today through your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, um, myself, Shane and Mackenzie, we went to a a meeting with the Open Doors, an organisation that um, helps support the persecuted church. So there's only 15 people that were there. They like to do small, intimate little meetings so you can get to chat with uh, the people that are speaking. And the reason they, they'd called this meeting was because they had someone from um, North Korea who was sharing their story about how they came to faith. And it was absolutely incredible. But I'm not going to speak about that now. Um, I will share that another time. But the conversation I had afterwards with one of the people that had organised it was, was mind-blowing. He, he shared that he worked, um, he'd worked for Open Doors for about 10 years, and he'd visited every one of the 50 most persecuted countries to be a Christian uh, over the last 10 years. That was his job, to go and visit them. Um, and he went to a place in North Africa, and I said to him, well, well, first of all, I said, where's the best, not the best, but where's the most interesting and challenging place that you've ever been? And he shared how he'd been to a country in North Africa that was a, a Muslim country, and he said there's 30 churches left in that country. He said that he'd spent a week there with the pastor, and the pastor had just basically explained to him how there's only 30 churches, and they're basically 30 communes, because to become a believer in that country means that you lose your job, your children can't go to school, and you're ousted from society. And so they've, uh, there's 30 communities in this country. It's a huge country. He didn't tell me which one. He said he wouldn't, but it's a huge country, he said. He said the mosques were a mile long, some of the mosque buildings were. It was incredible. But the pastor was sharing a story of how um, a lady had turned up at their door um, a few weeks previously, or sorry, a few months previously, and said um, she'd had a dream. Um, That a man had been to her in a dream and said, you need to go to this address and find out about me. She turns up at this address, knocks on the door. I've had this dream. This man told me to come to this place at this time. They shared the gospel with her and she came to faith. For three weeks, they didn't see her. They thought that she died, had been killed. 
Anyway, three weeks later, when she turned up at the door, she'd bought dozens upon dozens upon dozens of other women that had the same dream on the same night, and they all got baptized. They say that every month they have a baptism service because they're not allowed to share their faith. They can't share their faith. So what they do is they just pray every day. If less than 100 people come every month to be baptized, they're disappointed. It's incredible, isn't it? Miracles that happen each and every day. And I want to encourage us, and the reason I say this is because when anyone comes to faith, it's a miracle. And maybe we've not had a dream like that, and maybe we've not been told to go to an address like that. But when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, it is a miracle. And whatever we believe about miracles, what I will say is that everyone that comes to faith, it's a miracle, it's a work of God. And so I want to encourage us today that we have received miraculous, great news, just like the shepherds. Look at this, the miraculous event that happens to them. And when I talk about miracles, I've not got the clicker. So um, if you don't mind clicking for me, that would be great. Um, it's an extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable by natural scientific laws and therefore is attributed to the divine agency. And what I'm specifically talking about today, I'm not getting into the heat about miracles today and what happens. I'm talking about the miracle of being saved about Jesus Christ coming and entering your life and saving you. That's what I'm focusing on today. Look what he says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. This is on verse 8. If you click on, please, it'll be great. Um, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And I have to say, I don't blame them. So I'm adding that bit to it. I don't blame them. I don't, that's what I've written in my margin. I don't blame them for, uh, for feeling terrified. The glory of the Lord, the magnificence of God, the perfection of him, his grandeur was made plain for them to see. Isn't that incredible? And they were terrified, and rightly so. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, the gospel, good news. That will cause great joy for all people. And the angel shares what the good news is. Look, he says, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. A saviour, one who atones for, one who makes amends for our sin has been born. He is the Messiah. We know that's the Christ, the chosen one of God. He is the Lord. He's divine. That is the good news. The saviour of the world, the one who would pay the cost of our sins, is here. The chosen one of God, the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you in verse 12. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, in cloths, and lying in a manger. And then it gets even stranger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God. And it gets pretty epic, saying... Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Now let's not look over those words. The good news, the gospel, is peace to those, shalom peace, perfect peace, not temporary peace, not a ceasefire. This is permanent peace for anybody on whom God's favours rest. Anyone who knows and understands and hears the gospel. What better gift is there for us to celebrate if we have that already? And for us to give to somebody else, 
this Christmas. But to recognize this, guys, for, you, for those of you that know and love Jesus, it is a miracle that's happened in your life. Paul talks about the veil has to be removed for us to be able to see it. The veil has to come from your eyes to be able to see that this is true. Amen, church? Are we excited by that? If you're sitting here today and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour, it is a miracle. It is a work of God. And praise the Lord, because we can't boast in it. Paul talks about that. It's by grace you've been saved. Through faith, not of our own works. So we can't boast. It's a gift of God. And although we may not have seen a thousand angels or a multitude of angels singing, Jesus says in Luke 15, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When you came to faith, the angels were singing. Hallelujah. And so whether you came to be a believer as a child and you've not known a day of not walking with Jesus, praise the Lord, it's a miracle. If you've been freed from drug and alcohol addiction to come and know Jesus, that's a miracle too. If you've been sitting here for several years or in a church for 20 years and then you come to know Jesus, it's a miracle. And maybe let's just pause for a moment in our own hearts. Let's say thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for that divine work of saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And guess what? This is good news. This is good news for everybody. Verse 10, and this is going to be great joy for all people. He couldn't have picked a broader amount of uh, roughnecks. Red, no, I roughnecks? <laughs> roughnecks? Can I say that? Ruffians? I'm, I'm combining two cultures there. Rednecks. I was going to get rednecks, roughnecks. Anyway. Roughnecks, there we go. It's a new word. It'll be in the Oxford Dictionary next, this time next year. Um, he couldn't have picked a broader range of people to share this good news with, could he? There we go. That would have been, that's what I said on my, that's why I always read my notes and don't go off away from them. Sorry. Um, he appeared to Mary and Joseph. Mary, a teenager. Joseph, a carpenter. Basically, nobody's the Magi, who were, weren't even Jewish, they were Gentiles. And now to the shepherds. The shepherds who must have been wondering, why have you revealed this to us? We're just standing out in some fields, watching our flocks by night, as the song goes. But they were the lowest of people. They were in line with tax collectors. They were not very popular. They were dirty, unclean. And they had this really ironic job, and I love this, that they were partly caring for the animals that would atone for the sins of the people, that were the lambs that were going to go and be slaughtered for the sacrifice in the temple. And they were expected to lay down their lives for these lambs that were going to be sacrificed anyway. These were not people that you would think you would share this great news and good news of Jesus Christ with. Yet in his grace, God gives his first announcement to the lowest of the low. Praise the Lord for this. And so this encouraged me because the Christmas story shows us that this good news is for absolutely everybody, no matter who you are no matter what you've done. And so it gets me excited about this Christmas time. All the events that we have, we're not an events church, we've got loads of events going on. Um, we've got lots of events going on. We've got lots of people that we could invite to each of these different things. There's something for everybody. And so it excites me to think that if God can save me, a wretched sinner like me, 
He can save absolutely anybody. He can save my neighbor that I've been praying for for the last 10 years. He can save my family member I've been praying for for the last 30 years. He can, he can save them. He can do a miracle in their life too. So who's your one? We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Who is your one? Who are you going to faithfully pray for this Advent season to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to take their own journey to Bethlehem? Who is that one? And can I encourage you, pray for them, faithfully wrestle with the Lord for them? We want people to be saved, don't we? We want people to know the good news of Jesus Christ because it's where peace and where God's favor rests. And we want our friends and our family to know him, don't we? Amen, church? And so it calls us to action. Look at verse 15, if we just move on, please, on there. There's a call to action for us. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the things that have happened. They trusted and they went, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds what the shepherd said to them. So we see that this is great, this miraculous great news has been shared with us, but this miraculous great news moves us to tell other people about it. I mean, the shepherds were just so had had this encounter with their with the with the Lord and Savior. They had this encounter with him. And what, what's the first thing they do? They go and then they go and tell other people about it. And they receive it gladly. They were so excited that they could not keep it to themselves. And it reminds me of like Peter and John in Acts 4, who were filled with the Holy Spirit, even under the threat of death, refused to be quiet about what they'd experienced. And they say this, for we cannot speak, we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and what we've heard. They'd had this living encounter with, with their maker, and it leads them to speak about what they've seen and what they've heard. A powerful, life-changing encounter with God leads to an excitement and a zeal to go and tell others about him. I was chatting with um, a guy called Steve this week. He's a church planter in the city. And I was telling him about my sermon. I was getting all excited about it. And, um, and I was telling him about this bit. And he shared a story with me that I'm going to share with you. He's like, oh, he goes, this, this thing happened this week. It's exactly what you're talking about. Brilliant, I love an illustration from somebody else, it's great. But he was sharing that um, about four weeks ago, a lady had turned up at their food bank, and um, uh, she was really upset. And so one of the women that works for the church or volunteers at the food bank um, went up to her and just said, look, can I pray for you? And this lady looked at her really oddly and went, I guess so, okay. So she shared what had been going on, why she was upset, and there's quite a challenging circumstance in her life. This lady prayed for her. Anyway, a week later at the food bank... Um, this lady um, came back. She said, you'll never guess what. Your prayer was answered. That's, it's all sorted. She was amazed. So they invited her to church on Sunday. She came to church on the Sunday. And Steve always does like a, a call at the end to say, if anybody wants to receive Christ, don't go home. Come up to the front and, and we'll pray for you. Anyway, this lady they could see was itching to come up, but she wouldn't do it. Another lady in the church who knew nothing of the situation just came up to the mic and just said, um, there's a lady here who's um, going through this circumstance and the Lord just wants you to, to receive prayer and, and receive him. Anyway, this woman was like, oh, my word, she's talking about me. So she stands up, she goes to the front, receives prayer, comes to Christ. But 
Well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's brilliant. Yep. Praise the Lord. Angels are singing. Um, and then the following, um, this, this Thursday just gone, I saw him just afterwards. He said this lady turned up and told every single person about Jesus and invited her to church, them all to church. Isn't that incredible? She had had this encounter with God. This miracle had happened. She'd been saved, and her first thought was to go and tell others about it. Isn't that amazing? And I don't know about you, but sometimes, having been a believer now for nearly, oh my word, for over, for over 20 years now, sometimes I can become deadened to the power of the gospel and what he's done in changing me. I don't know about you. Like my, my design sometimes, will to tell other people, isn't always there. And I'm the pastor of your church, guys. I just want to own up and, and admit that to you. But when we encounter God, and I believe that even when we come to faith, we can have daily encounters with our Lord Jesus Christ, can't we, through his word, through people speaking to us about things that have happened in their lives, through remembering what he's done in our life. And we too can stir, be stirred up through the power of the Holy Spirit to go and tell others about him. I want us to have daily encounters with our Lord and our Saviour. We can do that through his word, through one another, and through encouraging each other. So we've received miraculous great news. The miraculous great news moves us to tell others, and I hope this Christmas time we're excited to do that. Thirdly, the miraculous great news moves us to treasure it for ourselves. Now that may sound a little bit, I'm really bad with oxymoron. Is that not all two opposite? Well, I've just said that we're going to tell other people, now I'm saying keep it to yourself. But I, power, thank you. Paradox. I knew I should have paid attention in English last month. A bit of a paradox here, but we're looking at Mary, what, what she did. Mary's reaction to all that has happened to her wasn't necessarily to go and tell others. It was to ponder these things and treasure them in her heart. To ponder and treasure those things. So to treasure those things is to keep them within oneself, to keep them in your mind so that you don't forget them. To ponder is to bring together in your mind, to confer, to kind of work it through, and it moves into your heart. She'd the angel had spoken to her. She'd become pregnant. She'd got on a donkey at nine months pregnant for four days. She turned up at an inn and there was no room for her. She gives birth to the saviour of the world. Some shepherds turn up praising him. Her thing is to ponder that in her heart. To think, oh my word, what have you done, God? This is incredible. To treasure these weighty things and to move them into her heart. And so can I just encourage us, this Christmas, the busyness of all the things and the events that we are doing, and I know our house is feeling pretty fraught at the moment, even two weeks going to walk before Christmas, how are we going to ponder and treasure all the things that God has done in our hearts? How are we going to take time to make sure we treasure these things and store them up? And I was just thinking about Christmas Day is sometimes the busiest day, isn't it? We go to church, we've got to put the turkey on, we've got to eat all the food, we've then got to open all the presents. But we forget the real meaning of Christmas, don't we? We forget to even take time to ponder anew all the things the Almighty has done and can do. And so can I encourage us over the rest of this Advent period, maybe you've been a bit rubbish at me and not kept up with your Advent readings. Maybe you've not been pondering all the things that God has done and the works that he's done in and through you, the gifts, the blessings, even in the hard times. Can I encourage you from now on, 
make some time to ponder and store those things in your heart. I was just thinking yesterday was Agnes's birthday, and um, Nikki had put together um, like a slideshow um, for uh, just for the two of us, really, for the last 12 months of her life, remembering her as she was three. And it's just beautiful to watch those things and just to look at those pictures. Get emotional. But the importance of making those memories. But the most important memory and things we can treasure are Jesus this Christmas and throughout the whole year, not just at Christmas time. Jesus is for life, not just for Christmas. I'm sure there's a bumper sticker there somewhere. But let's make space to ponder these things. Let's make space to ponder these things this Christmas time. And finally, the miraculous great news encourages us to praise him for what we have heard and what we've seen. So verse 20, final verse, the shepherds returned. I'm going to stop there for a minute. The shepherds returned. What did they return to? Watching their sheep, trying to find some land for them to graze, shearing their wool, pulling lambs out and nursing them. Tedious, hard work. They went back to the mundane things of of life. They'd heard the most miraculous thing. They'd seen the most miraculous thing. And yet life returned to normal for them. And yet, not quite. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, the miracle of coming to faith, sometimes we have a real high, and then life gets back to its mundaneness. We have the same job. We have the same house. We have the same patterns and rhythms to an extent. But it doesn't have to just be the same, does it? In all those things, we get to praise and glorify God. That means to praise means to speak to him from your heart. We can say thank you to him. We can cry out to him in those times of pain. But life doesn't have to remain the same. Life shouldn't remain the same. Maybe some of the things we do do, but how we do them, with the heart, with the attitude, with the thanksgiving, that can change. Maybe your journey this year is remembering the miraculous work that God has done in your life to save you. Maybe you need to dwell on that. Give thanks to him and praise him for it. Maybe you want him to stir up that affection in your heart to be like, I want to tell other people about him. This Christmas, I, I, wanna, I want the boldness to share something of my faith with somebody. I want the boldness to invite them to send that text to come to something that we're putting on here. Maybe this Christmas, the Lord is just asking you to treasure him more and to ponder the things that he is doing and the things that he has done. Maybe he's wanting you to be more praise, praiseful. I'm going to make another word up. I'm going to make it up. Sure, there's a better way of saying that. Maybe he's wanting you to, to praise him all the more through the mundane things of life. But one thing that I do know for sure is he doesn't want to keep you the same as you are now. Let him change you. 
Let him do another miracle through his spirit, through his word, and through one another. Let's pray. Father God, um, thank you for the miracle that you've done in each of our lives in saving us. Thank you that you've removed the veil so that now that we can see you for who you are. Thank you that you've saved us from our sin. Thank you that you have um, saved us to new life. And we're sorry for the many times that we probably forget and neglect what you have done in us. Lord, we want to remember how you have saved us. We want to share testimonies of your goodness in our lives. We want to ponder anew all the things you have done and that you can do. Lord, I pray that this Christmas time would be one of just a reinvigorating in our faith where we have grown dim. I pray for anybody that doesn't know you that, that this, this first journey maybe to your crib, Lord, would, your crib, Lord, would be one where they come face to face with you and receive new life. Forgiveness of sin. And Father, I pray that um, our heart would be one of thanksgiving, of wanting to praise you. And Lord, we do pray for anybody that is on our heart at the moment, Lord, that doesn't know you, that we would just be singing with the angels in heaven, Lord, when they come to know you. We pray for that, um, that you would save this Christmas time that you would do a work in our heart to, to know that we have a part in praying to you. We get to be part of you saving people through just remembering them, Lord, and just the excitement it will be when someone comes to faith that we've been praying for, Lord, we can say, all glory be to you, but thank you for letting us be part of that journey. We ask all this in your son's holy name. Amen. Let's stand together. And it sings.